You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. In Psalm 27 verse 4, let's get to that. Psalm 27 verse 4, this is something that we have been speaking over the past few weeks and we're going to continue in that vein because we've been talking about the heart of the house. The heart of the house is really Jesus Christ wanting to dwell in the lives of the people that he died for. That is the heart of the house. The heart of the house is Christ's heart, the Father's heart, to be reunited with his people. That is the heart of the house. And if we have the beginnings of understanding of the heart of the house, our prayer is that you will begin to have a heart for the house. A heart for the house. And we, we want to jump uh, in, from this uh, psalm. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. This is David speaking. And David had lived a full life, very colorful life. It, you know, a lot of ups and then downs and all these things. And uh, you can say that David, with all the things that he has experienced, narrowed down to one desire that's really important in his life. And I pray that, you know... It, whatever, how many desires that you have, I pray that we get to be like David in a sense that he has narrowed down what is truly important in his life. And this is what he has determined. He has determined that there's one desire that stands above all and that per, the pursuit of that desire will satisfy all the other desires that he has in his life. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I will pursue, that I will hunt down that I will chase after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For what? So that He can behold, look upon, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And then to ask, to inquire, to knock and seek in His temple. I made a statement last week. Last week was, uh, um, we talked about being in love. That's actually part two of Heart of the House understanding that you are that being, human being, you are that being that is in love. I'm not talking about being infatuated or having a crush on somebody, but you being in love because God is love and you are in Him and you are that being that is in love, in Christ. And I made this statement that I want to uh, 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 state once more, that if we have an understanding, if you have in your heart what is in the heart of God, I believe you will not miss it. It's a pretty bold statement. If you have in your heart what is in the heart of God, you will not miss it. Now, when I say you won't miss it, I do not mean that you will not make mistakes and you will not fall and you will not, you know, perhaps sin. But in the sense that you will not miss it because you will fulfill whatever God's purpose is for you. Regardless of what you're, you're going through, whatever your background, whatever your present circumstance, God is able to finish, help you finish your course and run your race. The prime example that we used is really David. Now David, the one who wrote this psalm, I mean he's got a lot of successes and he, he's got a lot of failures. And a lot of, you know, he's got 
mistakes that he has done left and right. And some of the things that he has done, we won't even do in our lives. I mean, by God's, you know, by God's goodness. But see, even though he made all those mistakes, because he had such a heart for the things of God, a heart for the house of God, he was able to fulfill his purpose for his generation. And I, I was looking at this, and uh, I, I just remember the line that David, you know, is after God's heart. When I looked at it, and we're going to do that right now in Acts chapter um, 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. It would say here, And when he had removed him, talking about Saul. Saul was replaced by David. He raised up for them David as king. And to whom he also gave testimony and said, So now the one giving the testimony here, we have to be clear, is God himself. So we ask people here, you know, do you have testimony? Yeah, and you have testimony of God's goodness. But it's surprising to me that God himself has a testimony. And his testimony is about you. It's about David here. It says here, and he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all of my will. So really, what's the heart of David is to pursue God himself. And God... Translate that in this person, David, you, uh, having the heart for him. After his own heart. And what is the result? If you go down a few verses after this in verse 36, this is what it says about David now. When David has served God's purpose in his own generation. David was born, you know, few, you know, thousands of years back. But he had a purpose for his generation. You have a purpose for your generation. Somebody say amen. amen. And who among you would like to fulfill that? Okay, so the way for us to fulfill that is really being focused on what God is focused on. And God is focused on people. But my, my, my encouragement to you is this. It is, it is not really hard if you're trying out on your own, trying to figure out, decode what God's purpose is for you on your own strength, it will be difficult, in fact, to a point of impossibility. But if you focus on Him and continue your fellowship and you walk with Him, He will reveal to you secrets. And He will reveal to you one step at a time where you need to go. He will order your steps. And by the end of it, like David, you will fulfill your purpose for your generation. It is possible. David was just a man, right? Making all sorts of mistakes. He was anointed by God. Guess what? You are anointed by God. The Bible says you have an anointing and you know all things. First John. So it is possible. David served, served God's purpose in his generation. As I said, what is the heart of God? What is it that David pursued? His heart was just, you know, even his heart wanted to, I want to build a house for the Lord. I want to build for the house for the Lord. And we know now that it's not really about the, the physical house. But God wants to have, uh, to, to build his home in you. Some people, you know, when you don't know somebody, they get awkward. And you know, um, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and there was this awkward silence? And you feel like you need to fill the void with words that sometimes you go, I, I don't even know why I said that. It just sounds silly. 
because you're, you're trying to, you know, uh, make a connection. But if you are so relaxed with somebody that you know them and they know you and you don't even have to try hard, even if it's their silent moments, it's okay. And it doesn't feel like you need to do anything or add anything. It's just, I'm okay. And we say that you're at home with somebody. You know, when somebody invites you in their house and they say, feel at home. Just be relaxed. Guess what? In order for us to, you know, you don't have to feel awkward with God. He wants you to be at home with Him. But being at home, to be at home with Him is to know that He made a home out of you. To be at home with the Lord is to know that He made a home out of you. Because God is chilling in His house, which is in you. You you are His house. You are His temple. But the heart of God, He loves people. What does John chapter 3.16 say? For God so the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So, so He loves everybody in the world. Yes, even the neighbor that you don't like. He loves everybody. And people that you and I, were, you know, natural people. You, you know, we are people living on the earth right now. There are certain people that you're pretty sure that's, that person is kind of hard to love. God loves them. Yes, it may seem impossible, but that's the kind of God we have. In fact, there's a story that I want to just point out, just to drive the point. There's a story of Jonah. Anybody remember the story of Jonah? The one with the big fish? Some people say whale. I don't know. Okay? Um, we'll ask Jonah when, he gets, when we see him. Okay, was it a big fish? Was it a whale? Was it a submarine? I don't know. Right? <laughs> but Jonah was tasked by God to go to Nineveh. Now, just a, a bit of a background. Nineveh was not pleasant to Israel. Nineveh was not friendly towards Israel. The, Nineveh has been persecuting Israel for the longest time. So you can understand the, the, the reaction of Jonah when God told him, I want you to speak the good news. I want you to tell them that they need to repent because they're going to be destroyed. And what's the desire of Jonah? That they be destroyed because they're enemies. But Jonah decides to go the opposite way. I'm, we're not talking about just the opposite way, I mean, in a figurative sense. He literally went the opposite way of Nineveh. Nineveh, you need to go up, up and up. You, Jerusalem is a high place. And Nineveh, you need to go up. You know, if you check out your, your map, Nineveh is, is on the you know, north side. Okay, you need to go up. But what Jonah decides to do is he went down. The Bible says he went down to Joppa. And then he went down to the sea. And he went down all the way to the bottom of the sea. Under. What happened there? If you go opposite where God wants you to go, there's nowhere to go but down. But God wants you to go up. Come up here. And so now, inevitably, well, he was swallowed by the big fish. Now, I was listening to somebody. I don't know if I was reading it. But... It's not a pleasant whale to be in somebody's, uh, it's not a pleasant thing to be in somebody's belly. I know you guys like to eat, you know, tuna belly or whatever. We love that. We love to eat that. But you don't want to be eaten and dwell for three days in somebody's belly because there are acids and all these things that are not pleasant. And I don't know if you've had a, 
uh, that feeling before that acid is going up your throat and it's not pleasant? Because it's not. Okay? Things get, uh, get uh, eaten up and get dissolved in acid. Now, just imagine Jonah staying in the place, in that place for three days where acid resides. Things begin to fall off. Hair and your skin will begin to, I don't know, it's just not pleasant. So imagine Jonah being spit out by a whale and he's looking like that. Okay? He, his transportation was a whale and he was brought to Nineveh looking like he was about to die. If you read your scripture, he only said one line that he preached to Nineveh. You see, Nineveh, it would take you three days to go around and tell everybody about God's news. But it only took him one day and everybody repented. That's the best revival ever. One line, one day, everybody repents. In truth, it's a success. He only said, you need to repent because you're about to be destroyed. Now look at the one carrying the message. He looked like he was destroyed. (laughs) Hair falling, looking like, you know, I just came from a fish. Believe me, you don't want to be destroyed. The king ordered everybody to repent, including the animals. The animals were, you know, in sackcloth and ashes. Everybody said, we need to do this. We don't want to look like him. (laughs) Very interesting story. But what I want to point out is how Jonah responded after that wonderful evangelistic crusade. It was a success. Everybody, no one in the place that did not repent. Everybody repented. So as far as God is concerned, it's a success. But Jonah has a different outlook okay and it goes here verse 4 chapter 1 sorry chapter 4 verse 1 but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry did people get saved did people get healed yes were you happy no not happy that people got saved you don't want this guy to be your minister okay verse 2 so he prayed right he was angry displeased bitter and then he prayed So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a what? Gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, who relents from doing... So he knows that God, the God he serves is a gracious and merciful God. But this, this guy does not want this, his God to go to that place because he does not want that place to see goodness and mercy. Again, you don't want a minister like this. But it's just really pointing out that God's heart really, even if it's a rebellious nation or a, or, or a sinful nation, God wants everyone to be saved. The Bible says in Second Peter, Chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really slow about His promise. Now, for some people here, maybe you have promises from God, and you think, Lord, it's taking a long time. Guess what? The Lord is not really slow about His promise. It will come at the right time. No, He is being patient for your sake. And you think, Lord, I'm being patient here, but really He's being patient for you. Maybe there's an adjustment that needs to happen, and you're like, Lord, I want it now. I've been patient for a long time. I'm I'm patient. I'm being patient, Lord. But He's being patient for your sake. 
Very interesting. And the next line says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed. Another uh, translation would say, He does not want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come into repentance. He wants everyone to receive who He is. God does not want anybody in this world right now to be destroyed. He wants everyone to be with Him, in Him. If you open up the heart of God, this is the heart of God. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we have, we have several services on a Sunday. That's why we have all these ministries. We want to give opportunity to people to receive in many different ways, in different angles, the love of the Lord. To speak to them, to show them, to demonstrate to them, to give to them. This is the love of God. That's why we're here. We're not here to put up a show. We're not here to, to build up our own kingdom. We are, we are His kingdom focused. We are focused on who Jesus is and His desire because He was the one who paid for all of us. So what He really wants is to get, you know, the Bible says we have all been given the ministry of reconciliation. Now I was typing this and a song popped up in my head. Quite of a, it's a retro song. And it goes like this. If you know it, you know you're retro. <laughs> Reunited and it. See, you even know how it goes. Good. Because it's so good. This is, how, this is what God desires. He wants to be reunited with His people. He was so excited when Jesus says it is finished. He was so excited, He ripped the veil. He didn't go, okay, No, He ripped the thing open. Right? From top to bottom. This is how excited God was. So let's look at Scripture here because He does not... He, God is not just content and simply living among His people, dwelling with His people. What He really wants is to dwell within them. We've seen that before. We just want to raise it up again. Uh, Jesus, when speaking to the disciples, He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He is, he is with you, but He will be in you. He is with you, but He will dwell in you. In another part, it says there in, in Colossians, we mentioned it, that there's this mystery that has been hidden from ages, for ages. But finally, God has revealed it to the Gentiles, which this is the mystery that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, not just with you, not just among you, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. In John chapter 17, verse 20 to 21, Jesus himself praying. This is the complete unity that we have. And he's, he prayed for it. He prayed that this unity is not just an agreement. that Okay, we're, we're one, okay. But this unity is much more concrete than, than physical unity. This is spiritual unity. So he prayed. Did you know that he prayed for you even before you became a Christian? He saw you. He, he, he desired you. He died for you. The Bible says, but for the joy that was set before him, that joy is you even though you didn't look like you're enjoyable before. His joy was set before, because of the joy that was set before Him rather. What is this prayer? He says in John 17, 20-21, I do not pray for these alone. He was praying for His disciples. And then he, now He's expanding His prayer to include all of us. And He said, but, all, but also for those who will believe. So, who among you now believe that you are in Christ? Jesus prayed you in, even before you knew it. 
but also for those who will believe in me through their word. It didn't say there, because of my word. It says they will believe in me through their word. Why is that? Because how did you come to be in Christ? Didn't you hear the gospel? Check. And then when you heard it, you prayed something, you spoke something. That you said out of your mouth, you confessed. You believed in your heart, but with a tongue you confessed that you believe Jesus. That He is Lord. That now you understand you've been forgiven. So you spoke words and you came into unity with Him. That they all may be one, that we may be one, us, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. That is complete union with Him. We have union, we have communion, we are one with Christ. He is in you, you are in Him. The word I used a while ago is indistinguishable. I don't even know if that's correct. <laughs> indistinguishable. Maling syllable. A syllable. What's that? Never mind. How? Okay, now, just to have a, all of us have an understanding that Christ's, Christ, Jesus is not with us physically. We understand that, right? If, uh, if uh, there's anybody here, you know, you see Jesus physically on a regular basis, come, we'll pray. Okay, we'll pray. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, we understand in, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 1 that Jesus himself is the express image of the Father. Meaning, if people want to see the Father before, they ought to look at Jesus because he displayed the Father perfectly. In fact, Jesus was asked by Philip, show us the Father. And Jesus said himself, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus, very clearly in scripture, it says, he is the express image of the Father. But Jesus is no longer here. But He gave us the authority. We are now called the body of Christ. He is the head. We are the body. You can't detach the head. You can't distinguish. Ay, yun yung ulo ni. Ito yung katawan ni. Diba? It's one, one person. So it, we are in Christ. We are one person in Him. So now we can safely say that if Christ is the express image of the Father, the church ought to be the express image of Jesus Christ on earth. That's pretty bold. But, see, the Bible says you are the fragrance of God. The Bible says you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. The Bible says that you now display, you are His epistle, you are His letter. You display Christ unto the world that desperately needs it. But you are still in your physical body. Who among you are still in your physical body? Some of you are like gone. Like, I may be here physically, but I'm spiritually out of here. But what I'm saying is this. Christ is expressed in three physical uh, realms, we can say. Individually, universally, and locally. Individually, universally, and locally. What do I mean by that? In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 5. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 5. It would say here that for, 
as we have many members in one body. We are many members here, but we are one body, New Life the Fort. Okay? But all the members do not have the same functions. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So even right there in one scripture, you understand that the individuality is important. Each one of us, you have a part. But all of us, we have a part together. And that extends as an individual, temple of Christ, also the body of Christ as a whole in the whole, in the whole world. Now there's no physical way that the whole body of Christ can meet together in the whole world. It is physically impossible right now. And so God designated people in different localities. That's why New Life the Fort is a local church. We have another New Life in Taguig. That's New Life Taguig. That's in their own locality. By the way, they started their services in Vista Mall. Right there in, uh, beside All Home. Right? So uh, let's pray for them because, uh, you know... Um, we're now in this, we're in, we're, they're also having services in a cinema, in a mall. Praise the Lord. Amen? They started last, I think today, right? So we'll agree with them. Amen? Go, Pastor Fred, wherever you are. But anyway, so God puts people in local areas. And somebody can ask, you know, oh, so where do you find local church in the Bible? Well, you may not see the term local church, but if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a, church, there's a letter to the church in Rome called Romans. Rome is a local, local church in that area. There's a, another letter that was sent to Corinthians. There's another letter that was sent uh, to Colossians and then Ephesians and then Thessal- Thessalonians. There, these are different localities because there are people that are meeting in different areas. What do you call? They may not be the local church as we have here because they were meeting in houses and such. But right now, this is our gathering place. This is where we meet, we assemble together, we worship God together. Welcome to New Life the Fort. You are now members. Or I don't know if you are. If not, why? Kidding. <laughs> Who among you consider New Life the Fort your church? Oh, talaga, you come also here. That's awesome, huh? But see, nobody forced you to come here. Or maybe somebody started to force you, but eventually you said, you don't have to force me, I am willing. I don't know. But same as our workers, nobody forced them to, to be workers. You know what? To step into the things of God that God has for you, no, it has to be an individual decision. Nobody can force you. Nobody can force you and say, you do this, you do that. No. All of us have this freedom because He loves us. We have a freedom of choice to step into what God has for us. That is true for every person here, regardless whether you're in children's church, the youth, or young adults, or just simple adults. Young adults, chaka young adults. Right? So understand that in these three different areas, individual, universally, locally, it is important for us to distinguish, to understand these things. Now, what does it mean to have a heart for, for the house? What does that mean? My, my encouragement here, my part really here is to just stir you up. 
and maybe even to challenge you a little in regards to your part in this local house. Because I believe we are headed to a place where it is necessary for all of us to add our supply. Every, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, every joint supplies. Right? Every part, what do you, this is not to offend people, but there are, there are sometimes extra limbs or extra fingers that they don't add to you. It's just extra. But you have to take care of them. Now, I, I remember one time I was talking about being in the vine. Maybe that's, that was a bad example. Let me change examples. I can do that because you'll forgive me. There are times that I was listening to this uh, guy. He said he, he, he used to work at a vineyard. And sometimes what happens is that the, the a branch, because we are the branches, Jesus is the vine. And sometimes the branches, the branches are the one that carries the fruit. But at, at times the branches will ex- overextend itself, overexpand itself to a point where all the nutrients are going to expanding it and not producing fruit. It's just, it looks good because the branch is long, but it doesn't carry any fruit, and it's just wasting away resources. So what happens is that it gets pruned. It gets cut so that it will bear fruit again. Right? I, I believe I shared it uh, when we were preaching about fruitfulness. But I believe all of us here, we have a part. A, we, uh, we have a supply that we can give. I don't know. I, my prayer is this, that we pray where God wants us to be because we need to vitally connect to what God is doing. We need to vitally connect to what God is doing. There are things that is going around you know, in the world right now that if you look at it, wow, that's, that's something that's being set up. for, And the church is in a perfect position to display the love of God. Not to accuse, not to condemn or anything, but to just stand and display the love of God. How do you display the love of God? Display the love of God even to one another. That the world may know that you are my disciples. Love one another as I have loved you. That the world may know. Let, tell the world what true love is. Because we experience it in Him. I believe it's time for us to rise up. But if we understand what is in the heart of God we will recognize our part in what's happening in the kingdom of God, in the house of the Lord, if we're talking about locally. Now, imagine this. Jesus was very aware and recognized and even vocalized His purpose. He said, for this reason I came. You know, for this time I came. He said that several times. He said that in, in the Gospels. Now, interestingly enough, if you trace back, where was Jesus when he first declared that his part is for the kingdom of God. Jesus was around 12 years old. And he was found in the house of the Lord. He was found in the temple. He was in the house of the Lord. And he declared when his, uh, Mary came and Joseph came. And they were so worried. And he said, why are you guys so worried? Don't you know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I should be about my father's business? And don't say, oh, that's just Jesus. Because, of course, He's Jesus. He would know everything. Let me remind you that Jesus walked on earth to display how man ought to walk completely in fellowship with the Lord. He did not 
you know, he set aside his divine privileges and he walked as a man anointed by God. So he was sharing us, he was showing to us rather how you and I ought to walk. That's why I believe we can fulfill our call because, you know, Jesus fulfilled it. You know, David fulfilled it. All these people. Paul fulfilled it. But it was just interesting for me that Jesus was in the house of the Lord and he declared, you know, I should be about my father's business. Interesting. Um, let me say this, okay? Because for some people, do I, need to, do I need to be a worker in the church? Do I need to, be, to go full-time in the ministry so that I can say that, you know, I have a heart for the, for the house of the Lord? Not necessary. It's not necessary. It is important to vitally connect. There are people that are vitally connected in what's happening in this local church, but they're not necessarily the workers that you see every Sunday. No, but we know that they're connected. I believe all of us, if you consider this your church, somehow we need to be connected. I remember somebody was being asked, where's your church? And they said, they mentioned, they mentioned the church, and they asked, who's the pastor? And they said, I don't know. I don't know if that's a vital connection. You don't even know the name of your pastor. Basta, si pastor ganyan. Okay, praise the Lord. Right? But here's the thing. God is able to meet you where you are, whatever place you're in right now, God is able to meet you where you are to bring you to a place where He designed for you to be. God is able, where regardless whether it's so good or not so good, whether it's bad, where you, wherever you are right now, God is able to meet you so that He can take you to where He wants you to be. Take, for example, Abraham. Abraham was in another place, you know, Mesopotamia, Babylon. That became Babylon, where they built, uh, you know, the Tower of Babel. He was there serving other gods, but God was, was able to meet him there, met him there, right? And He responded to God, and God took him to a place where He wants him to be. You have Moses. Moses didn't know about God because he was raised in an Egyptian household. And it's true that it was his mom, his biological mom was teaching him, maybe planting seeds. But he was being trained to be a prince of Egypt, to be royalty because he was adopted by the princess. And so now you have Moses learning all these things. What he didn't know was one day God will meet him and then bring him to a place where he can actually practice what he's learned in the palace, palace although he was going to use it in the wilderness. God needed somebody who can lead people like a king. Lead people like the way he was trained. Because he was going to lead a nation. Imagine this. For 400 years, the Jews were slaves. 400 years, the Jews were slaves. Not a good thing. So where do you think they learned how to fight? Well, somebody was trained in the palace to be like a general, to study strategy, to study warfare. And that man was the one who trained these people, trained Joshua and everybody else, and then they learned how to fight. So by the time they were entering the promised land, they were ready. There was another guy who was taking care of sheep. He was learning how to shepherd because eventually he will shepherd a nation. That's David. God is able to meet you where you are to take you to a place where you need to be. Peter was fishing fish. Chempre. 
Peter, Peter was there doing what he's, you know, he's a fisherman. God, Jesus decides to go into his boat, decides to do a wonderful miracle. Peter says, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. And Peter, and Jesus later on says, Peter, you know, you will no longer fish, fish, but you will fish men. God used what he was using in the world and used it for the kingdom of God. It says, let's turn this thing around and use what skill you have and use it for the kingdom. But all this time, they didn't know they were being trained. I don't know where you are right now. You think this is, you know, as a Christian, as a believer, who among you know that you are set, af- set, af- set apart? We will cut that out in a podcast. Set apart. You're set apart. I'm just waking you up. It's for your sake. I really know how it's pronounced. Hello. What was I saying? As believers, you know that you are set apart. You are holy. Right? That you have been sanctified. So the truth of the matter is, I know we say it because, you know, uh, we try to distinguish things that this is church and this is secular work. But the truth is, if you're in Christ, there's no such thing as secular for you. Because the moment you touch it, it is holy. So now, you're, you don't really have a secular job, but you have a ministry at your workplace. When you have that mentality, it changes your approach to it. You're not just waiting for Sunday. I can't wait for Sunday because I, I need to feel holy again. Hello, you are holy. Some people, you know, they're... Go ahead and if you want to clap to the Lord, go ahead. I'm not waiting for an applause. Some people, they're waiting for, you know, I'm really praying for this guy, this seatmate of mine or, or this work, uh, co-worker of mine. I've been trying to really invite him to go to church, but excuse he doesn't want to go to church. Pause, sandali lang. He doesn't have to come to church to experience God. Let the church go to him. And Lord, Lord, send them on somebody. And the Lord says, I, that's why you're there. May pagkapinoy si God, kaya sabi niya, I. That's why you're there. You know what? Don't complicate sharing. Don't, it doesn't have to be like, I need to learn evangelistic words. Set that aside and just be you. If you begin to share the, Lord of, the word of the Lord and it's, you're, making, you're quoting the Bible wrong, Jesus does not fall off the throne. Grabe no, mali naman sinabi niya. Paano ko susave yan? It's fine. He will, it does not, it's probably making God laugh. Look, mali yung quotation niya. <laughs> but guess what? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will move. It's not you trying to save the person. So now you have shifted your mindset to, uh, this is secular, this is church. Okay, I need to be, hi brother, hey sister. Pero secular to, wala namang Christian dito eh. No, wait a minute. You're that light in that dark place. It shifts, it changes the way you perceive things because now you understand or, or getting an understanding of how, what it means to have a heart for the house. When you make that adjustment and shift, Going back to David, David, we understand he made mistakes all, you know, here and there. But then David really just has this heart 
for the house of the Lord. Towards the end of his life, his desire was to build the temple, to build a house for the Lord. And God just honored that. We're going to go to the scripture here. God honored that, but there's a twist to what God said. Because eventually, it was, it's not going to be him that will build it, but his son. But see, now this is what I believe that is going to happen. Okay, I understand that you know, we have concerns in life. Who among you have concerns in life? Okay, you may not be worried, or some people may be worried, but you have concerns. The Bible says God will perfect that which concerns you. Right? But here's the thing. What God wants us to learn is for us not to be so focused on the things that concern us, but shift our focus to what's happening in Him because what's happening, what's happening in Him will change what's happening in our house, in our businesses, in our workplace, in our schools. What do I mean by that? David set his heart towards the house of God and what God did was set up his house forever. When he decided to, 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 to focus his eyes, to care for the house of the Lord, God said, well then, since you have that heart to care for my house, let me take care of your house and I'm going to set it up forever. So you see time and again the house of David. The reference is always David, even if it's already Solomon or other, uh, you know, the other in lineage. It's always going because I'm going to honor David. His house was set up. God is going to set up your house and He will take care of your house once you have that adjustment. Now, am I saying that you need to do that to be blessed, to be all these? Not necessary. But there's a higher level that we need to get into because of the times. You were born for such a time as this. And there are things that we need to enter into a, a different level of prosperity, a higher level of understanding, a greater understanding of God's grace so that we can display grace to the people that need it. There's a place that we need to get, all of us, want, we want to get higher. We're believing for expansion, but expansion is not limited in your house alone. Expansion is for all of us to see and experience. So look at what God says about David. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, and then verse 16, he was talking to David and he said, God said this, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. And then the verse 16, and your house. So David has a heart for God's house and God says, and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. So because David has this focus shift in his life to focus on the house of the Lord, the things of God, then God now begins to prosper and make sure that he is established in his household. Now let me extend this. He will establish you, your house. He will establish your businesses. He will establish you in your workplace. He will establish you in your performance in school or whatever. You will be established. Because now there is greater empowerment for you to, to function in a whole new level of excellence wherever you are. You know, there's a, there's a scripture I want us to get to and we'll, we'll end with this one here. When I say that, it's probably 10 minutes more, okay? Um, we understand that we have tried to build our own kingdom, to build, to be successful, to be all the... We have tried to do that. 
and, and it's anything that you try to build, you will have to maintain for yourself in your own effort. And it gets tiring because you're always pumping energy and resources to it. But when the Lord establishes something, guess what? Somehow, yes, there may be work involved, but it's somehow coming out of a place of rest. It's, it's, it's light and easy in a sense that you don't have to try it with your own flesh. And you know the result of that will affect and will resound towards eternity, not just while we're here on earth. The Bible says in Psalm 127, in verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the, the house, they labor in vain who, who build it. So, you know what? I'm casting now my care, and I, I encourage all of us, we cast our care into building our own house, our own kingdom. We cast that care to Him. Unless the, the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Guess what? Lord, as far as I'm concerned, Joshua said it this way. As, you know, uh, as for me and my household, he's determined that. We will just you know, focus on God. As for me and my house, we cast that care. I pray that we cast our care. Lord, you'll take care of this household. You will, you will take care of that end. You will take care of that front. Um, the Bible does say also, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So going back to David, when he said, that one thing, that one thing, I have desired. Meaning, if you pursue that one thing, all the other things that you're desiring will be added to you. Let the Lord be the one to add to you. You don't have to add to you. Because the Lord adding to you is greater than you adding to yourself. There is no comparison. He said, I will build my church. Allow Him to build you. Allow Him to build you up. I want us to get to this scripture. It says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. There was something interesting that you know, just popped up. I was conversing with, with Pastora Mitch. And we've seen the scripture before. I want to bring it to a different light. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. What I want to bring out here is that in the beginning it says you are a chosen race, you are a royal priesthood. Somebody say royal priesthood. Now, who among you have heard that before? Now, let's break it down for a bit, okay? Because if you are a royal priesthood, it says that you're a priest. Where do you find priests functioning? In the temple. In the house of God. So, there is a part of us, because we're a royal priesthood, part of our function is to be involved in and in, uh, surrounded or being, able, being available for the work in the house of the Lord. Is that true? Because you are royal priests. And then let's examine that word royal. Royal means you are somehow related to the king. Now, I'm not talking about second generation, third, you know, detached, you know, five, six. No, you are closely related. You are um, what they would call, uh, you know, a family member. You are, if, if Jesus is the Lord of lords, he is the big Lord and you are lords. 
If He is the King of kings, then the other, the kings that He's talking about there are you. Because you are royalty. Look at the person beside you and say, Your Majesty. Wow. I was joking, Pastor Mitch, one time. This is like years ago. I said, I like that. I like it when you call me Lord. Why don't you call me? Because before they would call my Lord. My Lord. She was not happy. And I let it go. Because I want to survive. I want to live long and strong. You are a royal. See, if you're working in the royal, in, 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 you're part of the uh, royal household, you function in the royal courts. <clears throat> See, priests work in the house of God, in the temple. But royalty, they function, they have royal courts. And I'm thinking, I was just, you know, going back and forth with Mitch. And I remember a scripture that we were talking about a couple of weeks back. In Psalm 92, Psalm 92 verse 13, it would say that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you are planted, if you have made a decision that this is going to be my house, now if you're a priest in the house, then you function, somehow you are, are, are available for the service in the house. Now, that may be as a worker here or a life group leader or somehow you are, you are a part of a group that, you know what, um, my heart is uh, so that I may um, do my business and be a blessing in the house of the Lord. I don't know what, whatever connection you have, but you are serving now as a priest in the house. You are planted, made a decision, this is going to be my house. It says, if you've decided that, what will happen? You shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now it says there that you are planted in the house, one house. One house. But then you will flourish in courts. You'll flourish in courts, meaning you have different areas. If you check out uh, royal courts, it would say it is a place where the king has jurisdiction because he has set up a lord or a king, or a duke, or somebody that will represent him, maybe an ambassador that will represent him. And in that jurisdiction, that person has authority. You have an authority in whatever area you are serving in, in your workplace or your businesses. That is your royal court. And you pronounce God's judgment. What happens in courts? Judgments are pronounced. So now you make judgments according to His judgment and say, wait a minute, in this area, I have divine authority from God to rule and reign spiritually. Now, I pray that you don't do this tomorrow morning. You go to your boss and say, boss, I have divine authority and I have the, uh, the, the, the right to rule and reign in this place spiritually. Your boss may not understand and you may not have a boss at the end of the day. So please understand what I'm trying to say. But you have that right. If there's anything going on in your business, wait a minute, you go, wait a minute, devil, you, have, you know, take your hands off. I have authority in this place. You can do that in your house. You have authority. You, have, you, have, you are operating in the royal courts. And I pray that you get this because there is now a connection of being planted in the house and, be, and flourishing in the courts. There's a connection of being planted in the house and flourishing in the courts. I declare the people here, the royal priesthood that is, that is in this local house, 
they will be flourishing in the courts of our God. I declare that over you. Uh, Michi said, the places that they live in, they're either called palaces or, or mansions or castles. I said, wow, I like our people to have mansions or palaces or castles. Didn't Jesus say this? In my father's house, there are many. Your mansion is waiting. And don't mention it. I couldn't help it. <laughs> my prayer is this. We'll end with this, okay? The scripture here. Because some people, yeah, you're hearing this message and you know there are certain people here that I know that God has been telling you to step out. And nobody's going to make that decision for you. But you know, somehow you know. And I don't know the hesitation or why the delay or whatever. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe a valid reason. But check again. Go to the Lord. Maybe it's time. And maybe for some of you, it's really, you know, I don't like this message because I don't want to be challenged or whatever. You know what? I, I, I don't really mind because uh, I'm not here to force you. I'm just here to give a message and it's really up to you. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with being honest with God. You know why? Because God knows anyway. <laughs> and number two, when you're being just being honest, more, most likely you're being honest to yourself. This is the reason why I really don't want to do that yet. And that's completely fine. And I have scripture to back up even if you're, you're not yet fully into it. It says here, I'm going to read it in the message uh, paraphrase. It says here, and this is my prayer as pastor for all of you. So let's, let's keep focused on that goal. Let's keep focused on Jesus. Those of us who want everything God has for us, anybody in this category, you want everything that God has for you. That's all of us. Praise the Lord. Now, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, I want to see people. Now just smile and say, that's not me because I'm totally committed. Amen. Jesus' name. Okay. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision yet. You'll see it yet. Meaning, don't worry. If it's not very clear yet, then guess what? Just continue. Just keep coming. Just keep hearing. And guess what? That thing will be stirred up in your... And sooner or later, you'll just go, I, I, Lord, I just, you take step. If something is very attractive to you, you are drawn towards it. You go, what's that? Wow. And you, it is, it is, Jesus is irresistible. The more you focus on Him and when you understand His heart, it's like if somebody loves you and displayed His love for you, you just want to say thank you and you want to say it in, you know, right away. How, what, what can I do? I, I mean, I know you love me so much and you died for me. Is, is there anything? Do you want water? Do you want, do you want food? Do you, anything that, you know, that becomes your response. And it's not like a hard thing because it emanates now from, from that place out of response and gratitude. The Bible says, he will be the one to give you the power and the desire. The power and the desire. Father, I pray that for each and every person here, that you give them the power and the desire. You're the one who's working in them, energizing them, giving them the power and desire to do your will that will please you. I pray that for each and every individual here, regardless of what they're going through. And Lord, I know that you're able to meet them where they are so that you can take them where they need to be. In regards to this house, Lord, 
you will take care and you will build this house. And we look forward, Lord God, to the growth that will happen here because growth means people coming in. People in Christ, this is your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Now close your eyes and bow your heads. Maybe there's somebody here, you're hearing this message and you're thinking, you know, um, I've been trying so hard to just please the Lord and do His will, but I fail and uh, I, I can't seem to do enough good so that He'll forgive me. Guess what, my friend? You're here not by accident. God loves you. And you don't have to try to earn His forgiveness. He's already forgiven you because Jesus already died on the cross and shed His blood for everyone in the world. Wiped away every sin. If you would believe this, then you're on your way to discovering your true purpose in life. If this is you, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. I want, I want to fulfill God's call in my life. I can't do it on my own strength. I need Jesus. So if that, I've, I see some hands being lifted up here, there. Maybe you're on the fourth floor. And you can bring your hands right now if you raised it. Thank you for that. Now, if you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. Okay? And, uh, and speak it from your heart. I'm going to ask everyone else here to pray along with you just to support you. Say this with me. Jesus, I thank you. And I recognize that you died for me. That you shed your blood for me. Washed me clean with every trace of sin and guilt and shame. Thank you, Lord God, that you've forgiven me. I receive this forgiveness. I receive you in my heart, Jesus. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. From this day forth, you are in full control of my life. I thank you, Jesus, for this new life I have in you and making me part of your household. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.